Hi, welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's show, we have Frank DeLeo. He's the Senior Executive Director of Experior Financial Group out of Ontario, Canada. Welcome, Frank. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello, good morning. Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, you guys having me on the podcast today. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Frank. How are you? Uh, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm fantastic. I'm I'm totally blessed. Uh, uh, fantastic. Just you know, excited about excited about life. To be honest with you, and uh, not letting the obvious get in the way. Right. And we've been we've been blessed in our industry. So I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you guys? <laughs> we're we're good. We're yeah, good. Well. Um, so Experior Financial Group, what what is it and what do you do? All right, awesome. That's it. That's a great question. So we are we are a, a, a financial services company, a brokerage, and we serve you know the uh, the our clientele, which is you know in personal finance. So we help our clients get their personal finances in order, and uh, you know we 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 show them we show them the right things to do with their, their insurance, you know, their investments, retirement planning, getting out of debt and just overall financial advising. And, um, you know, for us the spin spin on what we do is that it's, it's education based. It's uh, it's needs based on the client, uh, based on the client's needs. So that's one part of what we do. The second part of what we do is, you know, we're building a business, we're building a business. We offer a very, very, very unique opportunity for advisors to join our firm and transition and build into owning their own agency as well, which, uh, you know, in our industry in North America is not, not very common. Um, most, most companies just want to hire financial advisors to sell. We, we look at hiring and training advisors to build their own business as well and develop into entrepreneurs and, um, and go from there. Right. Wow, that's great. I thank you. I I just I'm sure we're going to dig into this. Um, I'm I'm so curious about you know some of the ways that you work with um, people because it's so hard to it's so hard for so many people to even talk about finances. It's I think that's it's a subject that's filled with not a lot of education because you know we they certainly don't teach a lot about it in <clears throat> excuse me in school. But it's also I think for a lot of people it's filled with a lot of shame. And so I, that's going to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, it will. Because I also love just talking about finances. So we got something. <laughs> we, we had the emotional podcast the other day. Julie got to, we got to run that one. So <laughs> I'll be relatively quiet today. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, just for clarification. So you, you hire the financial advisors, you train the financial advisors, and then they work with their clients. Are they working with, individuals or are they working with companies or both everything everything we've got advisors that specialize in in what we call the family market you know helping helping mom and mom and dad you know main street 
family. Uh, we've got clients that specialize in working with corporations and, and you know, corporate finance, uh, tax planning strategies and things like this. And we've got, we've got advisors that specialize in, in, in certain professions that, you know, work with, let's say, lawyers or doctors. So it's, it is a full gambit of how you want to kind of niche yourself out there for different advisors. Um, so we pretty much have a company that can tackle anything and everything. When you're working with clients, especially the, let's say the small business owners, um, you know, just the individuals, the, the little guys, so to speak, what's the most common problem or, or situation that you run into when you're, when you're working with them? That's a, that's a great, that's a great question. And Corey, I, I'd like to uh, maybe flip that if that's okay, if you don't mind. I, you know, I specialize in working with my advisors more than anybody. They're my clients. My clients are my advisors and they are all small business owners to various degrees. I've got advisors that are running teams of, you know, 100, 150 agents. I've got advisors who are running teams of five or 10 or 15 agents, right? Um, you know, the, the, the biggest obstacle that, uh, I think most of them have is uh, their own inhibitions and their own lack of uh, security in themselves and, you know, uh, getting their thoughts under control, understanding that they can execute, they can make this happen. They've got, they've got what it takes to win. Just so many people question and doubt themselves and just have a hard time getting out of their own way. And, and, and when I do deal with more clients on the financial side of things, not my advisors. And I do have a book that I deal with as well. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. People have these dreams. They have these goals. They have the, these ideas, but they're afraid to execute on them. They're afraid to push that out envelope to say, I'm, I'm going to try to make this happen. Right. And I find that's the biggest, biggest obstacle. I think that, that people face, I really do. Yeah. We see that a lot with our clients as well, where people just are afraid. Um, there's a lot of fear and, starting a small business or being, being a small business owner and, and failing. And so it, I think a lot of stuff is probably rooted in that, but um, how do you help them get over that inhibition or that fear that they have? Where do you, what, what do you, what are your tactics that you use? So, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of twofold. I, I've, I've been in the business now for 20 years and uh, I struggled. I struggled for many years, the first six, seven, eight years until I, I began making, uh, you know, what I call a livable income, right? Um, I didn't make my first six figures until my 11th year in business. And I'm, I'm okay telling people that I'm not shameful of that because, you know, I'm proud to say I didn't quit. <laughs> I'm proud to say I didn't pack it in. I don't know if it was out of sheer, stubbornness <laughs> or if I was just too dumb to quit. I don't know. But, um, but, <clears throat> but I love leveraging on my experience. I love leveraging on things that I'd gone through, which I don't think is really different than what most small business entrepreneurs go through those doubts. Um, you know, where's the next paycheck coming from? How do I pay my mortgage? Am I going to be able to put food on the table for my children? I, I don't think those doubts are, are, are uh, um, dissimilar. To, to small business owners, right? So the first way is through my own experiences and what I've gone through being in business for 20 years. The, the second way is, you know, I just, I, I think we're, we're living during a time where there's an abundance, an abundance, an unlimited amount of knowledge and information out there. And uh, I love studying and following and learning from, you know, today's business leaders and thought leaders. There's, there's just so much out there that 
I leverage off that too. And I'll bring whatever materials, whatever information I can that's relevant to our business, to my advisors, to our business, to our team, to help them, to help them learn and grow because it's, it's there for us. It's never been like this before where there's so much available to us. Right. And um, so, so I use those two tactics. We run regular, uh, you know, zoom meetings two, three times a week with the advisors. You know, I run a Wednesday morning class that I, I call my, my mindset and mental toughness class. And it's amazing because we have people plugging in, you know, from our industry who are taking a look at our firm thinking about, you know, they're going to hear about, you know, advanced financial strategies and market, you know, this and that. Meanwhile, <laughs> they hear this guy talking about how they got what it takes and they got to overcome their fear. And it's this mental toughness mindset training. So that had been running for almost four years now and uh, on a weekly basis. And it's just, it's just, it's just been fantastic. I'm, I'm so thankful and blessed that I get to just share a little bit and have a small impact on these advisors' lives. Wow. That's great. I, I love hearing that. There's so much power in a story, right? So being able to share with them that, you know, it was 11 years for you before you really like hit it. And, you know, I always think about Andy Frisilla and his yeah. story is one of the best stories there is about starting a business, right? When he started the supplement superstores, he slept in the back of the store and he didn't, I, I think it's seven or eight years before he actually made money. Like we're talking yep. like more than like $600 a year. Like he, yep. and he stuck with it and now he has like an empire, but it's, it's a great story. Yeah, absolutely. I've got his book sitting on my desk right here and uh, just, you know, just picked it up and uh, it just, I, I love, I love his style. I love his style. I just want to point out, you have his 75 hard adult book, not his children's books. Cause he has children's books out. Yes. I've upgraded to the adult version. My, my wife's <laughs> children's version oh, just ain't, ain't going to cut it. So <laughs> Uh, I want to go back to to the the beginnings of your struggle. The struggle is, I mean, it's it's a pretty broad word in terms of the struggles that you had starting off. I mean, it could be anything from personal to business to whatever. So, can you talk about those struggles and and you know, like what you what you overcame and how you overcame them? Yeah, um, you know, it started for me twenty years ago. I was um, I was a college student, graduated from college with an IT degree. So my background is in, in IT and business uh, just, just over 20 years ago, but I, I had never gotten into it. I was this young 22, 23 year old. I was very ambitious, wanted to make money. And, you know, I, I had a job and I, I got another part-time job. And it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> I got this part-time job selling blinds, like, you know, window blinds. And my friends were like, dude, are you crazy? Right. And I just, I just want to make money. So I, was, I got this job and, you know, I started working at this, this blind store and, um, uh, after a few weeks, the lady who was training me had come to me and said, uh, listen, I was talking to a friend of mine about you and he runs a financial services business and he's looking for guys and I think you'd be really good at it. He wants to talk to you. And guys, my response was, okay, right? And, you know, I, 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 I try to share this message with people that, you know, one of the clues to life is just to stay open, to, to stay open, open to ideas, open to thoughts. You don't have to say yes to all of them, but you got to stay open. It, it really, really blows my mind when, you know, you, you talk to someone about an opportunity, about anything, and they're, no, no thanks, not interested. And yet you haven't even listened. At least say no after you hear the details. So right away, I was like, sure, I'll talk to him. And he is my business partner today, 20, almost 21 years later. 
he's my business partner today. We're, you know, we're best friends and our families are very close and we're very, very tight. We're more brothers than we are business partners. So what, what it ended up happening, I said yes to him. And, you know, he had said, look, I can show you this business. I can show you how to be an entrepreneur. I can show you how to own your own agency with our firm and, and really go out and help people and make a big difference. And, and, and make a boatload of money doing it. I'm 23 years old. I'm like, that's all I want to do. I just want to make money and don't tell me when I can come and when I can go. I want to be my own boss and I'm in, right? So my my attitude was like, I don't know if this guy is full of you know what or or not, but I said, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. And if it doesn't work out, I'll take whatever he shares with me and use it on to the next venture, the next idea, right? It's 21 years ago. <laughs> We've been in business together for 21 years. And the, 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 so that was kind of the first start of my journey. The catalyst that really, really launched me was when our first meeting was with my parents. You know, immigrants, immigrants to, to this country, immigrants to North America, like so many others. And what ended up happening, you know, to make a long story short, was uh, uh, an agent, an advisor from a very, 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 very large, prominent Canadian life insurance company basically screwed my parents terribly. Terribly. My father in 1990 was uninsurable after various injuries on, on, on the job and had a heart condition. And, and what this agent did was basically sold four policies on me and my sister and my two brothers, making my dad believe that he was insured. So when we sat down with my parents, my dad's like, I've got $200,000 of coverage, which 1990 was a lot of money. And he's like, you know, if something happens to me, there's 50000 for each of you. Your mother's going to be okay. Like, that sounds good. And then when my dad pulls out the policies and my partner who was training me looks at them and he says, no, he says, uh, Peter, uh, these are your children's policies. Where are your policies? He's like, what are you talking about? Those are my policies, you know? And it wasn't until we made him understand that if something happened to me, my dad got 50 grand. Something happened to my sister. My dad got 50 grand. Something happened to my brothers. My dad got, so my parents, you know, my dad worked in construction. My mom worked in retail, four children, young children, mortgage, debt, all that stuff. And, and, and the crazy part was in 1995, my dad suffered a debilitating injury and couldn't work anymore. And just to think they were at risk that if something had happened to my dad, we would have been on the street. We would have been on the street because some jackass, excuse my language, uh, decided to put his own interests and his own commissions before the well-being of his clients. It set me off. It set me off. And I just thought my first initial reaction were, was, was how ignorant could my parents really be i can't believe they let this happen how come they didn't take responsibility about i can't and it was when my partner said to me no no frank listen unfortunately most most north americans are in that same boat when it comes to their finances they just don't have a clue i just thought that can't be and he's like let's go see more people and as we went to go see more people as we went to go see friends and co-workers and neighbors and family members you know eight eight out of ten people were in the same boat they just had no clue and that was it i thought this is it i'm i'm gonna do this this is unbelievable i'm I'm going to get on a mission to help educate and understand, help teach, teach people understand finances and understand how to get their house, their financial house in order uh, um, so that they don't have to be at risk the way my parents were. Nobody has to take advantage of them ever again. And that career as an advisor developed into becoming, you know, uh, um, uh, an entrepreneur and building a team of advisors where, where I, I share this story with them all the time to make sure that I just, I just sent a message out to my team this morning to remind them that their client's interests come first, not, not, not your own, right? When you serve your, your market, your community, when you serve correctly and properly, the rewards are automatic. You don't need to focus on the rewards. 
and that was it. And that's, that's kind of been the journey. That's how I got started in this business. And, and it's been 20 years and it's been incredible. Now there's a whole lot more that happened in between, right. That I'm happy to share with, but um, it, it's never been just a journey straight up. Never, not, not one bit. We're going to take a quick break to let our friend Steve Lanner tell you about his business, Lashley Street Roasters. Hey, this is Steve, head roaster and owner of Lashley Street Roasters. And my goal is to get you the freshest cup of coffee possible. I don't roast the beans until you submit your order, shipped out within 48 hours. So when my coffee arrives, you've got the freshest coffee you've ever had. Check out LashleyStreetRoasters.com to submit your order online and make sure you submit now so you start off 2021 with the right amount of caffeine. Thanks, Steve. And you can connect with Steve with the links in the show notes. Now back to the podcast. You know, I, the insurance part, um, I, there's a lot that I want to, I want to say after, after <laughs> that story, you know, the insurance part, I think so many people don't realize that they really need to understand policies across the board. And it's, right. it's important to have a really good insurance agent who's going to break that down for you and who is working with your best interests in mind, right? And, you know, a, a lot of times insurance agents get really, they get, they get bad, a bad rap just simply because there's so many that aren't educating their customers. So that's a really important lesson. The other thing is that we see it all the time with small business owners where yep. they don't understand their finances and they're embarrassed that they don't understand their finances. They don't know where to start. And um, it's hard to break down that wall sometime with people to get them to talk about it and to openly admit that they're not really sure what the, even what they have or how, how to make a plan to, to increase their revenue. So that's, that's, that's a huge area for small business owners. I think for people in general, it's huge. For small business owners, there's so much risk wrapped up in not knowing, <clears throat> not knowing your finances. What, um, what's, what, what are some of the common things that you see with small business owners when it comes to finances? Well, it, 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 you know, you nailed it right on, Julie. That uh, it just there's this pride thing. It's like, hey, you know, I run this restaurant. I'm a restaurateur. Um, yeah, the money part, you know, I got a friend of mine to handle that. And sometimes people just, you know, will offload that responsibility to someone that maybe isn't the most qualified and maybe they didn't take the time to do their due diligence to bring in the right people to help them with that stuff. And I see that a lot. I see that a lot. It's like, Oh yeah, my aunt, my aunt was a bookkeeper. <laughs> so now she does all of my finances and all of my accounting. And it's just like, hello. right? You know, uh, I heard something the other day and it was a reminder that, you know, cheap things aren't necessarily good and good things aren't necessarily cheap. And I really, really believe that that being cheap is expensive. And I think that's what a lot of small business owners do. It's they don't they don't factor in, they don't factor in the cost of hiring the right accountant or the right advisor, or consultant, or even lawyer, depending on the structure of the, the, the small business, to to help consult and manage that financial part of their business. They don't factor in the cost to do that. So so when they get going. They don't have the money to pay for it. They don't have the money to do it because they're, they're, they're spending money running their business and they forget about that part. And nine to 10 times, why do people, why do small businesses go under, right? It's because there's no more money. <laughs> 
And it's wild because it's like, it's so important to us that that should be just as important as the flipping product or service that you're offering. So I just, I, I, I see this massive lack of planning, even with my own advisors, even with my own directors that are running their own agencies, there's always a reminder, hey, hey, listen, put your tax money aside. Make sure you're paying your taxes. Not all that money's yours, right? You know, we live in Canada. Unfortunately, we get taxed to the nose, right? So make sure you're planning for your your uh, your 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 tax bill. Make sure you budgeted your office expenses, running your business. Make sure you put these things down on paper and understand what it takes to stay in business long enough so that you can actually have a real business. And I mean, that's great advice. And I, it's funny, um, without getting into details, because I don't know how much of this I can or can't share, but I know of a person who's a, a friend of a friend, but basically he owns a, a, a small business. And over the course of a couple of years, his wife ended up like embezzling like $300,000 out of his business. And he had no clue, absolutely wow. no idea, because that's how like ignorant, you know, that's how you know deep his, his head was in the sand when it came to his finances, um, that like over a couple of years, his wife stole three hundred thousand dollars from him and then just you know left the country or whatever it was. Um, what for for people like that? Because I mean, the, you're a small business owner. You own a restaurant. You're a you know a doctor. You you're you're good at what you do. There's a good chance that finances aren't your strong suit. What would you aside from you know taking a class or or you know whatever? Like what would you advise somebody to be like uh, like here's what you need to know so that you know you're not getting screwed? I think the uh, first step for many people is to, like if you're a doctor, I was just working with a new client two weeks ago on the client side and she's a doctor and we really began uncovering their financial situation. But, but I was recommended to her by another doctor that, that became a client of mine last year. So my, my first piece of advice is, you know, if you can find others in your industry that are working with someone that they trust and, and, and it's evident they're doing a good job and they can, they can really show you that. Um, I would start by asking other peers for referrals of people they're using to help them manage their financial aspect. You need great accountants, great lawyers, great advisors that can help them with that. I, I would start there and I would interview these people. I wouldn't hesitate to interview two, three, four people and ask the tough questions, right? Ask the, don't be afraid to ask. You know, I, I, <clears throat> any partners that I have, whether it's, it's a, if, if, if my lawyer or my accountant, I'll ask them straight out, how much money do you make? <laughs> I, I want to know. And in my world, you know, your income is a benchmark of the work you do. It really is in my world, whether people think that's shallow or not, I apologize, but it is what it is, right? So I want to know, I want to know, um, are you, are we in the same arena here, right? We've heard this a gazillion times, you know, your average income is, or your, your, your income is, is the average of the five people you hang out with the most, right? So if you're going to become partner in my business, are you bringing me down or are you bringing me up? Where are you at, right? So I want to know if they're the right person. In, in, in interview them, ask the hard questions. But, but I would start with getting referrals of, of other similar business owners and ask them who they're working with. And if you ever meet someone who says, I ain't going to give you my guy. Why? Because my guy's so good, I don't want to share him with anybody. Well, that's the guy. You got to find out who that guy is. I need to know who he is or she is, right? <clears throat> yeah, either that or they got burned and they're embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> or they don't have a guy, yeah. right? They're doing uh, yeah, it or they're pretend, Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I also caution against, <clears throat> I also caution against a family member, a spouse, 
handling that side of the business. My, my wife, um, you know, runs our home. I've got three daughters that are young, 10, 10 and nine. So she manages that aspect of the business, which allows me the freedom to run our business. But I've always said to my wife, I would love for you to learn the different aspects of the business, be on top of our office manager, know what she's doing, know what's happening. I don't want my wife to be responsible for it, but I want her to be aware of what's happening, a second set of eyes. That's the extent that I believe a family member should be running that side of the business. Because then if there's challenges, if there's an issue, it trickles into the family life and it, it could just really spiral out of control and affect other areas that normally don't or normally shouldn't affect. All right. We need to start wrapping up, but I do have a final question for you. What, what's one tip or piece of advice that you have for small business owners? You know, if, if, if you're lucky enough to make a living from something that you have a passion for. Or if you eventually develop that passion for what you're doing, don't quit. Just, just don't quit. You just can't, you know, um, guys, like I said, 20 years in this business, I could tell you that my biggest darkest moments were always about the, the insecurity, the confidence that I didn't have in myself. Right. And for whatever reason that was, it was, it was what it was. And I would continuously question my, why isn't this happening for me? Why are they saying no? Why is this not happening? And just, I, I would go into these two, three weeks, almost, almost depressions and lulls and disappear. You know, uh, and I'm going back like 15 years ago and it, it was just this, this slow, constant working on myself, working on my mental game, working on my mindset, developing what I like to call a shorter rebound time where we no one's ever up all the time but when you do get knocked down you've got to shorten your rebound time you got to pick yourself up right where where you got to pick yourself back up slap yourself around a little bit in the face and say get the hell back to work right and for me sometimes it would take a month to do that in the past and it was terrible it was terrible the second thing i can tell you is this um if if and not everybody's got a partner, uh, and, and I mean a, a domestic partner, a spouse, a significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. But but if you do, I think it's really, really important that the two of you work together to be there and help and support one another. I'm not saying you both have to run your business together, but if it wasn't for my wife kicking my ass when I needed her to, I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no doubt about that. I'll never forget real quick, 2007, we were married for a year, bought our first home, and I, I just, I just, I was having these pity parties for myself. And one day she sat me down and she looked at me and she's like, do I have to worry about money for the rest of our lives? I'm like, what? She's like, I'm worried. I'm worried about money. And guys, for me, I'm, I'm an old school, my background, I'm Italian. I'm an old school, traditional time man, uh, you know, progressive traditional. But for me, it was, it was a stab right through the heart. And I just thought, she doesn't believe in me. And she actually said to me, are you going to get going and get this thing going? Or, or, or are you going to go get a job? And it was just, it was uh, just right through my heart, but it was that moment that everything changed. It was literally that, that moment I, I put my head down, executed, put a plan in place, made six figures a few years later after that and have never looked back and just things have taken off. And um, you know, uh, I just, 
just don't quit. Just don't quit. You know, keep working on yourself. Keep getting better. Keep getting better. Keep getting better. Strengthen your mindset. And for me, that, that means, you know, what, what are you putting into your brain? Who are you allowing to put things into your brain? And, and that, that permeates into your thoughts, which permeates into your beliefs, which ends up being your actions. It ends up turning into your results. And that's everything. Nothing else to me matters except for that. Once that's all aligned, you can do anything. Once your beliefs are in place, you're going to take the right actions and you're going to get the results eventually. So I tell people all the time, just, just don't quit. Keep getting better. Keep working on yourself. Work on your mental game and just don't quit. If you don't like what you do and you don't have that passion, as one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, always used to say, it doesn't take you more than five years to know, might be time to switch it up. Might be time to go look at something new. But if you have that passion, you really truly say, I love what I do. I love being face-to-face with people. Then, then, then don't quit. Just keep getting better. I love that you know your moment. That's great. I love that you know that. Tell our listeners how they can find you. And I want to just go ahead and, and interject real quick before you get started. You are in Canada, but you do have uh, people in the U.S. as well. So we in uh, about this time last year, um, November-ish maybe, we had just officially opened up operations in the U.S. in seven or eight different states. And we were getting ramped up, getting ready to go and start planning some, you know, big events and big, just big things to get people attracted to the firm. And then good old COVID hit. <laughs> so, so right now the U.S. is kind of a little bit happening, but for us, it's 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 generally on hold until the borders open up and until we feel comfortable to to get things rock and rolling again. But we are North America wide, we are Canada wide now, and um, yeah, we're excited about that. I think I think it's going to be wonderful when we start. Okay, yeah, I just I just want to throw that in there because most of our audience is is here in the states. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. They may absolutely. be able to work with you, but yeah, go ahead and tell them where. Uh... Where we can find it. Yeah, my website is uh, www.frankdeleo.com. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn, frankdeleo.com. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I love it. It's a wonderful platform for business owners. I am on Facebook. Uh, I am on IG. I'm still not, I'm a techie, right? Like I'm still a techie. I love tech, but I still, Instagram just, for me, I'm just like, I don't get it. I know Andy loves Instagram. I don't get it. I, I spend more time on Facebook and LinkedIn than anywhere else. But Frank DeLeo, you can find me on all the different platforms. Great. Thanks, Frank. And thanks to all of our listeners. And all of that information will be in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about Frank, you can check out the notes to find out about Frank. Yep. And you can connect with us on social media. We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach us on sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And while you're out there surfing the web, go ahead and subscribe to our pod, like us, and give us a review. We love feedback, so tell us what you think and what you like and don't like. We really do love feedback. If there's specific topics that you're interested in hearing, or if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, just head on over to bizquickpodcast.com and fill out the form and let us know, and we'll take it from there. And we wrote a book. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's available on Amazon. You can link to it through our website, and it comes with a companion workbook. That's it for today's show. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. And Canada.